0: Bad at Parties is sponsored by Abbey Arts Seattle and the Ballard Homestead. Music, arts, and community events for people of all ages and incomes. With reoccurring events including the Moth Story Slam, cathedrals, and the Round, there's always an event when you're in Seattle. Check out Abbey Arts online calendar for intimate performances by many of the artists featured on Bad at Parties. Learn more about this nonprofit organization and how you can attend, volunteer, and host events at fremontabbey.org. Hey gang, this is Andy Zook, and you're listening to Bad at Parties, one-on-one conversations with artists at the corner of the party. Did you hear that intro? That's right, Bad at Parties has a sponsor, and I'm thrilled to have the Ballard Homestead as our new recording home. This podcast also has a sister podcast called Formal Nachos, and this week I visited their recording space and sat down with their executive producer and my longtime dear friend, Josh Phillips. Josh is also a teacher, a poet, and a deep influence on my life. We'll get started right away talking about his podcast, Formal Nachos, which you can subscribe to while you're subscribing to Bad at Parties, thereby ensuring you never miss an artist on this weekly show. Here we go. Josh. We haven't done our podcast in a while. No, I know. I listen to your (laughs) podcast just like you listen to mine. So... Formal Nachos is now on, like, season three, technically, yeah, which just means, yeah. like, broken up by times where people are not recording the <laughs> yeah. podcast, so maybe it's going to be on season four.
1: Yeah, who knows? You know, yeah, we're on an unplanned break, yeah. and it it just life, man. Mm-hmm. Life got so busy. But yeah, we'll see. We'll, I think we'll come back. Yeah. Um,
0: it slowly got more and more structured, which I really liked. I thought that there was... Oh, what was the episode... That you guys did. I'm totally not going to remember who it was. Um, it was with those two people that are friends with Tamra, mm-hmm. and they're two um, artists and therapists. Yes. Yeah, Jeff did yeah. a great job with like interviewing them. Like actually, like let me ask you like deeper level questions. It yeah. was Really good.
1: Well, in the interview, I think is where we wanted to have more structure. Right. Because yeah, I mean, because the whole show itself kind of like evolved. And Mm -hmm. started off as just, like, a thing for friends to communicate with each other, you know? And then it was like, oh, this is really fun. And actually, like, we're a really good group of friends, but uh, we don't, just like us, it's, like, hard to find time to sit down Mm -hmm. to intentionally talk. Right. You know? So... Um, It's great. It's a great excuse just to get together and talk. But it evolved from just talking into, okay, let's actually have a purpose and an interview and all that kind of stuff.
0: I mean, and that's very much like why this guy started, is because I was planning on going to therapy. And then as I was planning on going to therapy, like I had been wanting to do a podcast and wanting to do it about like arts and like make it something like that. It was very loose at the time, Mm -hmm. but like I literally. As soon as I did it, and then I met with my therapist, like I did my first episode with Chris, and it was just like instantly like, oh, this is how I like tell myself the story that people want to be around me, it's okay for me to have interactions with people where like I'm holding their attention for a long time and I don't expect them to go away, like
1: yeah.
0: uh, and that that's good and that they don't want to leave. Like it's like a telling myself the story that people want to talk to me, that I yeah. want to talk to them, that I can maintain that
1: yeah and part of me really enjoyed it when we would do when we'd have like our friends on the podcast to interview them because like you know I I have that I'm in this like awkward space with I feel like all of my friends where I've known them for long enough that I should know them better than I actually do ah yeah so I'm like like obviously sure like going back to her I've met her multiple times Mm -hmm. I should feel comfortable walking up to someone who I've met multiple times and just saying hey and you know and the people that I've known for a long time, I, sh- I feel like I should know them better, but I am a really awkward
0: human. Mm-hmm. It's my least, that's probably my least favorite thing, especially in like arts community in like Seattle, like is yeah. the, like going to concerts and seeing somebody who I've met like a dozen times and yeah. I'm just like, nope, don't even know your name. Yeah, and can't even remember it. Yeah,
1: for me, it's like you know, starting at a new school, teaching at a different school. Totally. So there's people that I'm meeting that now, the school's been going for months. It's like, oh, you you and I work together. We should know each other better and we don't. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm like, okay. I'm really bad at like now punching through that hole. So on the one hand, I really like the podcast. like What it allows you to do, to have a really nice long conversation with somebody that mm-hmm. you're not interrupting with having to watch something together because I right. feel like we always watch movies and stuff like that. At the same time, it bothers me because I can't have that same conversation. I, I don't often have that same conversation without the microphone really? or without the intentional set-apart time.
0: Huh. You know, I'm finding it bleed into my life a lot. Like, That's I'm, great. I'm finding it really change the way that I'm interacting with people on a day-to-day basis. And That's I'm, like a dream come true. Yeah, it's it's totally like... This is purposeful, and I'm, and it's hard. It's, like, difficult. But, like, um, with people who I, like, am intimidated... Like, friends who I'm intimidated by, those favorite friends. <laughs> yeah. Like, I am finding myself in a place where I'm like, no, don't look at your phone. Yeah. Don't look away. Because that tells them that they're not that important, and you, they're probably feeling exactly the same fear that you are, have. So just be engaged. Yeah. R- really focused.
1: Even if you... Like, for me, it's always, like, I don't know what to say. So, there's, like, those awkward pauses or, you know, say something. When I when I don't know what to say, I will say something that's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. So, it's always, like, I'm going to choose. And this was, like, a survival skill I learned in school, you know, yeah. like, when I was young. It's, like, instead of saying those things, if I just keep my mouth shut, look at my phone, like, I'm really busy. Mm-hmm. And then re-engage. It's all good. But um, being willing to actually just, like,
0: stay in that shared space. Right.
1: So, anyways... I'm not doing a very good job of that.
0: No. I, I think that, that that's it's so true, though. Like, the, the jump to, oh, I'll make a joke. Like, I'm definitely that way, too. Like, yeah. oh, this is an awkward moment. And I've had people listening to the podcast who have called me out on that and, and like, talked to me afterwards. And they're like, I wish there was more moments of silence. Like, and that you, like, you call it bad at parties. Be okay with it being bad at parties. You like, should
1: really have more awkward silence if in this podcast.
0: You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's hard. It's, yeah, it's really hard to find those intentional conversation spaces. Mm-hmm. Something that we had a lot when we were in college together. Right.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those were the good old days. Those were the good old days. Uh, I think that I'm definitely seeing it play out more often. I don't know. I thought that that podcast that you guys did with those two gals, whose name I'm totally blanking on.
1: And it's even worse that I can't remember their names right now. It'll I mean, come the, me.
0: case in point, like, yeah. people I should know uh, better than I do.
1: Yeah, and they were so great. They were so nice to us. Uh, mm. And they were doing that cool thing where they were making something every day.
0: Yeah, they're still doing it. I follow them on Instagram. Yeah. That's, see, and that's the thing, is I, okay, so this is this crazy <laughs> thing I've been thinking a lot about lately, is, like, knowing people better as a social media construct than their human self.
1: Which creates another layer of, like, difficulty, because then when you learn something about someone through their Instagram or Facebook, and then you do you bring it up in person or not? Right. And that's another layer of, like, just ask the question. Like, just right. go ahead and dive in, you know? Because then I'll, have the, I'll put up that weird fake wall, like, well, I shouldn't mm-hmm. ask the question because I found it out by, like feeling like I'm stalking them right. or, you know, like this weirdly invasive way of Facebook.
0: Right. And I, I think that that's probably more true for us as a generation who didn't grow up initially with social media and then like came to it while it was still in our somewhat formative years. Yeah. Yeah. I that's mean, I'm true. done forming now at this point. I'm all done. You're Formed. totally evolved. Yeah. Completely pinnacle of, of uh, who I can be. Yeah. I really hope not. Uh, but I think that, yeah, I, I talk about this with, with Natalie in Joseph and Mm -hmm. uh, about that idea of like when she's at shows she'll have sometimes people that she's hanging out with who will ask her about or be really excited to see her and like talk to her about all these things that the songs that she played meant to her and how important it was and really like going to this great lengths to tell her who she is
1: based Mm -hmm. on their
0: knowledge to show like I know you no totally like all these things and rather than genuinely interacting with that person and letting them present to you who they want to be. And I, you know, and that scares me. Like, in like, are people perceiving me as something other than what I want? Like, I don't think I come across very well. Like, I don't think I come across very well in written word. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not a great writer, so how could I come across well in social media?
1: Yeah. But then it's also just terrifying, like, you know, how much control do I really
0: have over... The way people's perception yeah. yeah
1: over how I present it's myself because
0: I mean it's like and how much sleep are you going to lose over it
1: yeah. yeah I mean ultimately you just got to keep moving but I mean I I had this experience just the other day where I had to go speak in front of like a room full of um there were over 100 people hmm. and for me that's unusual and it wasn't even like speak it was just like what was this for it was for an assembly at our school and cool. we had a bunch of guests because we we have an assembly like Three or four times a week, mm-hmm. kind of. It's a weirdly uh, alternating schedule, and we had a special day where, um, you know, the school I work at, there's kids who are in lower elementary all the way through middle school, and so I work with the middle school kids. And it was Grandparents' Day, which is fun and cute, and, and you know, it's mm-hmm. just like nice, and so we had all these uh, grandparents, and they also include if if you don't if your grandparents aren't living or if they're not in the area, mm. you can also
0: just bring grand friends. Mm. It's
1: really great. It's really sweet.
0: It's like. Respect your, it's like acknowledge your elders kind of a situation, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like, yeah, if there are older people who are not your parents in your life and they want to come see your school, Mm. then they can come and we're not going to. We're not gonna put them in a box or
0: whatever. Anyways,
1: so I had I got. Uh, we,
0: we put all the boxes away that day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what are those grandpa boxes? We don't need the grandpa yeah. boxes today. You We're not using them.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so I, I had to lead the assembly for all these all these people, and it was my first time leading the assembly at this new school, mm. and I was just like, <gasps> but I'm actually like pretty good at speaking in front of people. Yes. Um, and I've been told that like my whole life. But I'm still always so, so scared. Like, I just, like, freak out. And so, like, the whole day, and like, I don't I didn't sleep well the night before. And it was, like, I had to talk for maybe, maybe five minutes tops. Like, it was so low stakes. But I still psyched myself out. And, um, yeah. So, but it's, like, the same thing. Like, how much control do I have? Obviously, I wanted to present myself as someone who could actually string together sentences. And I think on my feed and all that. But I felt the exact opposite. And then afterwards, like, I got feedback that i did fine not not amazing just like just fine yeah which which is great and i think
0: i think that there's an an appropriate amount of anxiety like there's a good amount of anxiety to have if you were somebody who felt zero anxiety you probably would also be somebody who doesn't do a super great job at something like that because like yeah i think that there is like like anxiety is an evolutionary thing where it's like a Hey, feel this pressure to really put your mind energy towards making, towards willing something to existence. And like, that's what kept your ancestors alive who are like, if we don't figure this out, we all die. And then they figured out and they didn't die. And the ones who were like, this is going to be fine. They died. Like, and they didn't evolve future generations. So like, that's like a healthy little piece that you have. Unfortunately it's feeding itself into yeah i'm just talking to middle schoolers
1: i yeah i'm talking to middle schoolers and their grandparents yeah.
0: why this is not like why is death. this like but i that? care so much yeah, yeah
1: no it, it doesn't make a lot of sense but i just mean that to say like yeah, you know you can try to control and try to like have like a really tight fist on the way that you present who you are and the way that you say things that you think and feel mm-hmm. um, and ultimately someone might like, get something completely different um, yeah Which I think for me, whenever I go stand up in in front of people and talk, or whenever I use social media, is like the most paralyzing part of it, is that Mm. I can't ultimately control what's coming, you know, what's being perceived. Totally. And so usually, for me, social media, it just doesn't happen.
0: Mm -hmm. I I was looking back because, you know, I've started post-election putting out, like, much, much more um, voice into, like, Facebook-type stuff, even though I'm sure that there's tons of algorithms that are making it so that nobody who who should see what I'm saying... Who should? Like, I'm such a lofty opinion of my opinion, but, yeah. like, <laughs> the people who have a different opinion than me are probably not going to see this. Right. Um, or somebody who, what I would say, would be news to them is not going to see this. Right. Um, and, and, like, part of what I'm trying to do is just have a voice and have a presence in these, in these medias, and it's difficult for me because it's not, like, my inclination. Like, I would much rather talk. I'm much better on my feet, but when I'm writing something, like, it's there, and it's staring back at me, and I'm just... Criticizing it, you're getting
1: that instant, immediate feedback.
0: Yeah, just so like only, I'm,
1: only from your own super, like
0: super critical eyes. Right. If I say something and I fuck it up, just keep talking. I'll probably yeah. say like, something. Wait, I'll have to
1: fix that later. But I'll come back. I'll come back to I'll that. Back to yeah. it.
0: Don't worry. And maybe either you'll forget, or I'll say it better yeah. eventually. Yeah. Um. But I, I don't know. I think that I've been trying to keep in this mindset, like saying, like, oh, I'm not a good writer, so I don't have to post on. Facebook is like a form of my personal white privilege where it's like, oh, I don't mm-hmm. have to take an, a stance on this platform because that's not the right platform for me. It's like, no, you kind of, it's time to like have your voice, whether you're great at it or not. Like, yeah, you, you've got to add, you've got to throw in your name on this. You've got to, to be a part of this conversation.
1: Yeah. I've been thinking about a lot about that lately too, just because obviously the election being what it was, and just feeling like like I voted, and that, and that was good. You know, you should mm-hmm. vote, and I did. But there's so much more that I'm realizing that you need to do between the elections to make sure that not just that your vote is heard, but your voice sure. and you know the way that you want the world to kind of um, transform actually has a shot mm-hmm. rather than just being an observer. So I don't think social media will be the way that I no. express my voice. I and would imagine
0: that it would likely exist in the classroom.
1: No, the classroom's, like, the most dominant way, for sure. You yep. Know, it's, it's my primary means of preparing, like, future generations and all that. Which I'm is good. Jumbo. Please continue. Yeah. yeah, I will, you know. I, <laughs> I'm going to do it. And I have, and I, have, oh, and I will, it. and it's good. I, I'm proud of it. But, but that's, like, my job, and that's, you know, there's... Sure. And there's obviously a lot of effort in myself that goes into that. But I feel like there is another opportunity in my personal life, so... Hmm. Um, I don't really have an answer for this. I've just been thinking more and more about kind of like my radio silence on things that really matter to me on social media mm-hmm. and the fact that I do feel paralyzed by um, kind of this, un- you know, you not you can't control your audience. So how do I express the things the way that I want to express them so they're understood the way I want them to be right. understood to an audience I can't control? Right. So which means that social media is probably out for me. but. Sure but then what am I doing to...
0: Right, how are you being creative? Because yeah. I think that, like, you go silent when you stop having creativity. If you mm-hmm. have a crea- if you have creativity, you're going to keep going. Like, yeah. oh, I, I just got to get this out. So I yeah. feel like that's where, like, the art of teaching and the art of, like, the performance of teaching comes into that. It's like, how yeah. do I uh, intelligently and, and skillfully craft this message that teaches, that uh, maintains attention, and that it is also respectful to the fact that I have to be repre- representative of multiple perspectives. Right. I have to be, you know, open to, and not only open, present other people's perspectives. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it, it, it's kind of like, how do I how do I encourage these kids to have a thought of their, their own that's actually based mm. on sound, you know, information and sound knowledge. Not just based on uh, what they're seeing on... Um, hearing their parents say in kind of a flippant way and then sure. they're not understanding or yeah so no I, I I that's actually the like the most fun part of teaching for me sure is not just like handing them the answer but in trying to lead them through a series of questions where they discover the answer for themselves right and then if they don't get to the answer that I like <laughs> then sometimes I'll be like eh, you might want to think about that again yeah. but I'm very reluctant to tell them like what to think right
0: um but I think that you know, obviously, you as a teacher can see when, like, well, you've reached that conclusion because you didn't put in very much effort.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you're like, mm, read this. You know, like,
0: mm-hmm. you know, keep the, going.
1: Actually, the really fun thing I have my kids doing this time, this year, is my first year doing it um, with 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 this school and and everything is uh, something that I had to do when I was their age, which is some people call it Socratic seminars, but it's mm-hmm. just discussion. Yeah. So I give them an article from some local publication. And um, usually the Seattle Times or like K-O-U-W or something like that. Yeah. And it's about um, anything. You know, it's, it's about, um, we did one about like the protest, like Kaepernick and the sports protest, mm-hmm. you know. Sure. Um, so we got to talk about like what is a protest, and kids had all kinds of crazy ideas mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. And we talked about, we read an article about like why is Seattle so segregated, which is really interesting because, so if you if the kids do eventually come to the conclusion that, uh, Seattle, they agree that Seattle is segregated because people decided to make it segregated. Right. And that it's still segregated because of those decisions. Mm. Um, what are they going to do about it? Like, what, right. what are kids <laughs> who are like 12 going to do about it? Obviously, like the hope is that in the future, when they become influencers and active parts of society, mm-hmm. that they can do things. But can they do things now too? And so to hear kids talk about those sort of issues has been really interesting. And I, I, for me, the fun part is leading up to the seminar, all the questions that I get to ask them and all the things I get to point out and all mm. the concepts and terms I get to explain to them because they don't know, I mean, they
0: barely know what segregation is Absolutely. as a word
1: and as a concept. Sure. So I will explain and that. that and like
0: what, when, if you even understand that as a word at that age, like how many different pictures does that hold in your mind? Probably yeah. one and it's probably looks like the cover of a book you read once, you know? Yeah. It's not like a deep...
1: No, it's not a multifaceted right. understanding. And Depending
0: on what your background is.
1: Yeah, and for most of these kids, I wouldn't expect them to have a, a background like, um, like the one you need to really understand sure. that issue. Is it
0: the school pretty diverse, or is it? Is are you tending to see like it looks like Seattle? It looks pretty white in like certain areas, and it looks. Yeah, diverse it's in others. it's not diverse. No,
1: sure. um, I mean, there's some some diversity. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, that's the really fun part for me is how do I walk the line? How do I prepare those conversations? Because mm-hmm. when it comes to the discussion day, I try I choose not to say anything. Mm. And so I sit back and watch these kids toss around these ideas that, truth be told, they barely have a grasp of. Sure. But they're trying them out.
0: Well, and, like, I think, like, it's such an important part of that in, like, I've had teachers that did that well and th- teachers that didn't do that well mm-hmm. is, like, the... You're allowed to fuck up. You're allowed to do a really bad job on this concept. Like, but just keep going. Like, yeah. because otherwise you're not going to take this chance. You're not going to think out these opinions and you're not going to go through the I am on the wrong side of this belief. Yeah. I am now acknowledging that. Maybe it's hard. Maybe it's painful. Maybe it takes years. But because I went through that, I am now on the other side. And people who are just like, no, 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 no you're obviously in, like, a weird space, you don't think this, like, don't express that, like, then you're... If you never get your opinion out there and have it mirrored back to you and see the flaws in it, you're never going to ever be able to come to a different perspective or a different opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's just a muscle you have to develop. Exactly. And if you
1: don't get a chance to, if you don't, yeah, if you don't get a chance to feel what it's like to be vulnerable and put your voice out there and then have your peer point out all the ways that you're wrong, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's there's so many skills embedded in all that, so... So that's you know that's that's what I really love um about that's, that that is kind of my my art or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it um
0: but you're not focused on like one subject there are you you're like doing multi subject teaching
1: <sighs> That it happens in a reading class.
0: Mm. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean that's what it, when I was their age that's what happened for me it was like a language arts class. Totally. Yeah. Cause you know, and I there's all these kind of skills that you can read the article, and I can talk about that stuff. But that gets highly like teachy and technical about what's. Yeah. Don't (laughs) need to do that. That's okay. I don't want to know your lesson plans.
0: Well, hit this common core standard. This is what happens
1: when you're a teacher, though, man. Yeah, dude. It's it's, super interesting stuff, but because everyone lived through it, nobody wants to like talk about it again. I mean, not, not no one, but, yeah. like, it's... And I don't even want to talk about it at length with people, but I think it's really fascinating stuff. Sure,
0: so. absolutely. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I, uh, what are you guys reading right now?
1: Uh, we were just doing a short story unit, so we read a lot of different things. Hmm. The last thing we read was um, Harrison Bergeron by Vonnegut. Hmm. It's a very short story, but it's really it good. You should read it. You, should, you would like it. Cool.
0: a short that's my name. That's it. Yeah. That's, my- that's yeah. not my name. My name's yeah. not short. I'm going to just say that you one. You me at short. Yeah. <laughs> I have a t-shirt that says that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then we're going to read a bunch of other stuff. I don't know. Um, I think we might read A Christmas Carol after Thanksgiving. Cool. Up until uh, December break. And then <clears throat> we're going to read uh, Boys in the Boat, which is about the UW rowing team that oh. went to the Olympics in Germany, I think. Cool. Which would have been 1936, and they won gold. Nice. Yeah.
0: Spoilers. Spoilers. Sorry, Sorry about that. Sorry. Who are you talking to? Sorry about that. You know who I'm talking to. There's nobody there. It's Sorry about ghosts. that. Stop. <laughs> you gotta stop. I'm glad that you listen to my podcast, though. It makes me glad to know that you're like, oh, Andy doesn't like it when he talks to the audience. There's a fourth wall. Oh,
1: it's not an audience. Those are future ghosts, They're Andy. future ghosts. That's what they're
0: called. Um, after after that stupid... Um, Hamilton, Mike Pence thing. Oh, yeah. Did you see that? I did. Um, and I say stupid because I think it was an enti- it was an act. I think it was an entirely... I'm going to go super conspiracy. I think it was in a very intentional, willful thing that, like, he put himself in a place where something like that would happen.
1: Oh, you think they were trying to create a distraction? Yeah. Because that's what everyone thinks is that now that it's happened...
0: Yeah, that it's over... That it's like, everyone look over there. Yeah, it's yeah. overshadowing, like, the Trump University stuff. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Huh, interesting. So you
1: think Trump sent Pence to, like, hey, go see a play.
0: Yeah. Uh, Why would he go to Hamilton? Why would he go in New York where he's... Pence is hip-hop, man. Hamilton's hip-hop.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's just... Anyway, so one of
0: the best things uh, that I saw, one of the greatest little tweets that I saw was, um, I can't remember who said it, but somebody was like, Trump's so mad about this, he's going to make the cast build a fourth wall. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I really liked it. Someone and,
1: someone tweeted something about like, oh, well, you know, it's just theater talk. You know, just like walking and talk. And I was like, oh, yes, <laughs> Dude,
0: that's so great. Yeah, I don't have Twitter. I never had Twitter.
1: I have a Twitter. I don't use it except yeah i will check it sometimes
0: i legitimately all i've ever done is just google twitter subjects that i care about at the time when big things are happening and then i follow it that way
1: that's what i use twitter for yeah as i follow like the police and the news if something Mm -hmm. crazy is
0: happening around me Mm -hmm. yeah i just never understood because again not like written word not my art form not a way i can like express myself super well
1: really i would expect that you'd be pretty good on twitter it just because you just have these like short pithy comments. Thanks. Yeah. Pithy? Yeah. Man,
0: that's great. I actually literally I was like, uh, I'm. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, your good. vocabulary just exceeded me, and I was like, I don't know, pithy. That's one. I had a professor
1: who always um, told us that he wanted us. to You meet.
0: literally you have a vocabulary flashcard right there.
1: Oh yeah, I have some GRE. Flashcards. <laughs> Are you giving me sweatpants? <laughs>
0: Why are you handing these? <laughs> Those are yours. These are my sweatpants. <laughs> How long have these been here in your home?
1: Those have been here since my birthday.
0: Man, you're giving me so many gifts. Yeah, we're
1: sitting, I, I, should I talk to the future You can ghosts? talk to okay. the future okay. ghosts. So we're sitting here at my, in my office room place, room of requirement, and I just looked down and I saw Andy's sweatpants that he left here since we had a birthday party over here. That would have been back in uh, February. Yeah.
0: Okay, I can stop talking to the ghost now. That's okay. You gave me that. You gave me this hat that I'm wearing now that you made. It's really great.
1: You gave me this beer.
0: I gave you this beer. Um, I brought you. I brought you a gift because beer. you. I'm again. I'm talking to you, but yes. I'm narrating so that, that way. <laughs> again, future ghost. know. Yes. Um, S- sticking with theater. Yeah. So you gave me. You agreed to do this podcast like three, four hours ago. Yes. um, Which is super helpful. My guest who was going to be on the podcast was super sick. I don't know if I said Mm -hmm. that to you. You didn't. Nope. So that's why I had a last minute cancellation. And then I was just like, do you want to do it with me? That's how we can catch up. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. I didn't know if you were uncomfortable with that. So I brought you something to help you be comfortable along with this beer.
1: You're making me uncomfortable. I know. (laughs) Because because I'm referencing it so much. You're, whenever you tell someone, I want you to be comfortable. Well, I want you to be comfortable. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I brought something to help. Um, I brought you uh, something from your podcast, <gasps>
1: uh,
0: The Cards of Topics. Oh my
1: gosh. Um,
0: so this is, I'm totally breaking form right now for what I do on this podcast, which is normally just regular <laughs> conversation. And there's literally a gimmick now. So I have a bunch of cards that I just brought out. Um, and I'm shuffling them up. Uh, and I have thought of a bunch of topics that oh go along with gosh. these. I did. I did this for you, this is Josh. so great. I did this for you, because this is, this is like your guys's. This is what we do, yeah. This is what you do to, to get conversation, like, going around things that wouldn't come up nor- normally, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: we always have, like, ten topics that we could talk about, but we never know how to, like... I'm putting, We're we'll yeah. bad at the segue, so yeah. we will just... Bad at segways. The at name segues. of the party. Just <laughs> just of <crash>. the podcast. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, we should totally switch it up. Yeah. So, yeah, we just, like... We have sometimes have a wheel of topics, or but most often we have cards Right. Of topics.
0: So I've, I've put down the cards of topics. Um, big reveal. No. You don't actually pick it out of the cards. They're available. Jeff and Tamara are going to love this. Yeah. So I've got all of the topics on my phone. I'm breaking another rule of bad parties and pulling out my phone. Uh, I'm going to make the shuffling sound. Here it is. There it was. It sounds like a fart. And you're picking out a card. All right. Let's see what the card of topics is. Eight. These are much more bad at party style. So the first one. Okay. This one's pretty regular. Uh, what movie have you watched more times uh, than any other?
1: I think you could probably answer that one.
0: Yeah, I think it's Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, it's my favorite movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think you've. I. I, I the follow-up <laughs> question is, how many times do you think you've watched it?
1: Oh man. Well, I. I, I would say so. It's probably Goodwill Hunting. Okay. And it's... I'm gonna
0: count you being asleep and turning it on. <laughs> counts because when we lived together that probably happened
1: well yeah so i used to fall asleep to movies because i just had trouble like turning my brain off uh Mm -hmm. so i would put on a movie when we lived together yeah yeah that was brutal for you i'm sure it's okay (laughs) my
0: answer is going to be princess bride i think i've watched that more times with my family than any other movie and i think i've watched it at least a dozen times Oh, and I feel like that's a lot.
1: That is a lot, but yeah. I've watched Goodwill Good Hunting so many more times. than Yeah,
0: that. would you say ten times more?
1: No, I can't say that. I would say uh, at least twice as much. You at think, least twenty-four.
0: I I just think that you are lowballing <laughs> so hard as someone. I have watched it in years, you. though. That's amazing. Because
1: I was totally killing it for myself, I I did give myself I like, cut myself off. Yeah. But it's coming up. I think for my birthday, I might watch it again.
0: Matt Damon, Robin Williams.
1: i love that movie.
0: Dude, I'd watch how that can with you. How you not love that movie? Well, if it's played <laughs> every night, you're trying to go to sleep. That's was, how you could not love that movie. I
1: was thinking about it, how you you were so nice, like, you would ask me to use headphones. Because initially, I would just turn Is the that volume. Is that so nice? <laughs> rather than just saying, turn it off. Yeah, you know, like, fucking turn off the yeah. goddamn movie, <laughs> shot. I don't want... Oh my gosh. So I, but I, I just remembered the TV was like across the room. Do you remember this? Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so my headphones would go across the whole room. It had a really long cord mm-hmm. and I would sleep and I had these like really big noise canceling ones or something. Yeah. And so my head would be like off the pillow.
0: <laughs> and you did that. That was so kind of you. You even set up a sleep timer on the yeah. television I that I turn it sleep off. timer. That was kind of you.
1: A real concern I had when I got married was like, oh no, am I going to be able to sleep?
0: Yeah. I sleep fine. You sleep fine? Yeah.
1: Once uh, once every other month, I yeah. can't sleep, and then I'll come out and turn something on.
0: Sure. Yeah. Cool. But I can sleep. Yeah. Separate beds, and it's totally fine. It's all thanks to you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you ready for your next card of topics? Yeah. Okay, here we go. This is fun. I've never had a... That's the sound, and now you draw. I've never had a thing like this. Five! The number is five. Okay. The last number is eight. I don't know if I said that. So five... Uh, Oh, there we go. This is very bad at parties. What happens when you die?
1: What happens when you die?
0: Yeah. When like, well, not you, but like anybody. Anybody. When anybody dies. When anybody dies. What happens? That's a
1: tough one. And I think I know where you got that question from. Where? Pete Holmes.
0: Oh, I mean, yeah.
1: And also probably like the Bible or something. Yeah, and also
0: just like life. Yeah. But um, yeah, I I would say I listen to Pete Holmes a lot. Yeah, I do too. It's okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, What happens when you die? Um, that's a really good one. I mean, I th- I definitely think there is things, there are things that happen after you die. Like, I don't think it's
0: like You the, think it's, it's not nothing.
1: Well, yeah, what is it? Is it an annihilationism? Yeah. An annihilationism? Yeah. Where it's just like the end, you yeah. know? I don't, and for me it's not that, it's also not pure reincarnationism. Mm-hmm. It's not pure, like... You're not re- coming not back rebooting. to this
0: here world.
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I guess it's tricky. I honestly don't think about these kind of things very often. They're not... For, you know, I know for a lot of people, this is, like... Uh, this is where their anxiety comes from. For a lot mm. of people, like, where what happens to me after this life. Mm. For me, this is not where my anxiety comes from. Really? Not because I don't care, but I guess I just don't really think about it. But I guess, I, I mean, I, yeah, I think there is some sort of afterlife. I don't think it's Pearly Gates and Fiery Hell. Right. I tend not to think about, I tend not to believe in, like, the Fiery Hell. Especially. Yeah. Like, of
0: the two of them, one of them's a probably not, and then the other one is a definitely not.
1: Yes. I mean, I think, like, there is some sort of version of afterlife where... Yeah, like it's some sort of heaven-like thing. Mm. Whether you go to it right away or whether you have to wait, I don't really... I think I've held different views at different points in my life. Because some views are like you basically sleep Mm -hmm. or you go to some sort of like... I think it's referred to like Abraham's bosom Mm. at times where you're in
0: this like holding place. (laughs) I realize immediately that you now mean Abraham like... uh, Jewish Abraham. Yes. Not Lincoln. <laughs> and I pictured, like, Abraham as the statue holding you up and cradling you and feeding you with one you large breast. <laughs> that, that. Thing. Is it, is
1: it, you know, is, am I right? Is it Abraham's bosom? I've
0: never heard that term before. It's in, and again, it's used. I pictured the same thing when you said it.
1: It's, it's used in, um,
0: it's used. You getting another beer? Yeah. Cool. Can we you yours? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not quite there. Okay. Do it up, though.
1: Um... So, yeah, I guess, yeah, the point being, I don't know if it's some sort of holding place that you wait till like the end. Because mm-hmm. I, I, cause I also do think there is an end. Like, I do think that the current world has, has some sort of transformation, or at least, um, yeah, I, I think things, there is a point. I don't no, I'm not like left behind guy, but I do think that things <laughs> change. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, I do think there is some form of heaven or at least some form of afterlife that you can go to if you have checked certain boxes. Mm-hmm. I would probably have a longer list of boxes or uh, of things that you can check to get in than mm-hmm. to be some people. I don't have like a super strict set of boxes. Right. I feel like I'm talking about you this don't really get. abstract. No, way. no,
0: it's fine. You can talk about it like I'm Andy if you want to. Yeah, so, the way <laughs> I, so you've
1: read like The Last Battle, right?
0: No, I've never read
1: that. Oh, so The Last Battle has this really great... Um, it's like C.S. Lewis. Uh, it's the last book of the Narnia series. Cool. Have you? So you don't know anything about this? Mm-mm. So they're so they, they experience like kind of an afterlife.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, cool. At the end, sorry mm-hmm. for the spoiler.
0: But yeah.
1: But it's it's actually one of the better depictions of an afterlife that I've ever encountered. Mm-hmm. Where they um, they what happens is that in real life they died, so in the Narnia world they go to just. This afterlife, they go through a certain door and when they get through that door, they're in a world that is Narnia-like, meaning it's it's what they already kind of know, sure, but everything is better, brighter, Hmm. enhanced in some way. The mountains are taller, but also just more... Mountain. Mountainy, yeah, and it's, sure. you know, there's like an
0: it's like being able to see more colors. It's like the antithesis of uh, the concept of the Great Divorce, like when when they. Uh, I haven't
1: read that one. Oh, yeah.
0: I get one. Okay. So in that, that's a kind of a uh, a halting space, kind of a purgatory that C.S. Lewis is describing, and he's talking about like, okay, so you're in this kind of rainy place where you can't really interact with anything. You're mm. somewhat of a ghost, and. Uh, everything is less of what it ought to be. Like, it's there's like a, there's an apple, around. but it's less apple, and it's in, yeah. in just its way the of being.
1: The exact opposite of that. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool.
0: Which yes. is, I mean, it's it's C.S. Lewis, and it's, um, uh, I'm totally blanking on his name, for Narnia.
1: C.S. Lewis is Narnia.
0: Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I was all of a sudden thinking Tolkien. I just, yeah, yeah. I right. Okay, but... Okay, so that's a better analogy then. if it's if it's Lewis, then he's yeah, he's th- saying like he's oh you this, both yeah he's giving you both versions that makes totally. sense. totally
1: yeah so so anyways they go into that world and it everything's just a, a better more complete more real version of what mm. it already is which is kind of what I think of like I don't think that we're gonna go to like clouds and and have wings and and everything be like completely weird and different but I mean again I don't think about this a ton but and so what the cool part to me in that is that there. There is a neighboring country called Tash or Tashban or something like that and and Tash is like the god of this of this nation and there's a soldier who worshiped that God, but and it's like very thinly veiled allegory, but sure that soldier ends up getting into this afterlife because even though that God was like um, not not. Aslan, not the Jesus figure.
0: Yeah.
1: His, like, the way that he lived his life and the devotion that he showed and the way that he showed all that stuff Mm -hmm. um, was real and was true. And so then he got into the afterlife. Mm. So I guess that when I say that there are more boxes that you can check that get you into the life, Mm. that's what I think. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, it's a very thinly veiled um, allegory for, like, Muslim, basically. Mm. Yeah. Is what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, I guess I'm not a universalist, but I think that it's going to be a little bit more wide open than people like to make it at times. Sure,
0: I like that. I feel like what's really interesting to me. Um, I, I, sorry, back. I do like that. I like hearing what you think about that. I think that's really. You should read it. Yeah, I'll totally read that. I think that what's really interesting to me is like when I've been asking people that idea. I've been trying to bring it up more and more, even not in the podcast. Like I have brought it up with like family members, and they're like, you know what I think, and I'm like, no, how could I know what you think about I, that? I
1: want to hear you say. I want to
0: hear you say something, because I don't think that anybody thinks what you think. I think everybody probably has different opinions about these things. Um, I'll talk about it first. People have, like, kind of abstract ideas or, or like, jargon that they're used to saying, mm-hmm. and then every single time, it's gone to describe a piece of art, or like, oh, well, you know this song, or you know this movie, or yeah. you know this book like that's how people have their version of what happens when you die even if it's nothing and here's this book that talks about that nothing mm-hmm. or here yeah that, that's how where people and i think that um, I don't know, I think that's just really interesting, and, and it has been, like, this common thread that I'm starting to see, and I think it's really interesting the way that that influences people so much, and, yeah. and like, creates a version where they can say, yes, that is something I can grab onto, and not necessarily something I can relate to, because you didn't die, as far as we know. Maybe you did, but... <laughs> maybe this is all,
1: maybe it's all over. Yeah,
0: maybe this, this is... This whole thing
1: has been my afterlife.
0: Yeah, I, I'm your dream. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, yeah. um, it's alright. No, but I think that's like the power of art in mm-hmm. general is giving a concept or idea flesh. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not fully flesh, it's like you know, a song that expresses what you don't really know how to yeah. articulate, you know, or it's art that depicts what you don't know how to describe. You mm-hmm.
0: know. And I think uh, mm-hmm. for a lot of for a topic like this, uh, it's an imaginary thing. It's a thing that it's a what if. It's a what if, and so. You can use all this rhetoric and theology and, and different concepts to to break these down, but a song, man, a song really captures yeah. what I'm trying to express.
1: Well, like you were saying, that some people can throw out these like really abstract ideas. So I, I can throw out that I think of an afterlife and I think of this and I think of this, and I can have these very disjointed sure. depictions of what I what I think. Um, but a, a song or a piece of art can actually give me a full narrative, mm-hmm. and that's really powerful because it's really easy to have a lot of. Um, abstracted or fragmented ideas but to actually have a narrative that is uh, coherent Mm -hmm. even if I don't agree with every step of it but if it is coherent then at least that helps me hear that see that and then maybe start to pull my pieces into a coherent narrative Mm -hmm. which for me is like the hardest part it's like I have all these books that I've read and all these thoughts but how do I actually tell a story with them Mm. that actually makes sense yeah
0: um, which is why I love that you're you were just to go back to what you were talking about with the students I think it makes so much that you're having more sense that you're having those discussions that you're talking about in a reading environment where it's like let's let's mi- let's take this practical concept and how is this being married in mirrored in this su- like something that is a story which is so much more achievable mm-hmm. and something that I experienced even though I'm just reading it then these concepts of something like segregation where they're like I don't understand that idea but I read this book and I I get that feeling I get how that plays out and I can see that
1: yeah and rather than just having to hear and absorb and assume that you understand they actually have to move it through different parts of their brain until Mm -hmm. they're actually able to express it and um yeah, that's where the real learning happens. That's where they realize what they don't know. And mm-hmm. then that, that's where alarm bells go off like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. And that's where really good questions come from. Well,
0: and I mean, I think that that's that left or the left right bl- brain activity is like if a thought is crossing back and forth between. It's getting mm,
1: tested every yeah, time.
0: On back and forth, then you're that that is where change happens. Yeah. That's where opinions grow. Like to move a, a thought from one side to the other, you're going to gain and lose things. Yeah, 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 totally. Which is why I'm such a big believer right now in like, like, protest is great. I think it's awesome. I think it's it's wonderful, but it's also uh, it needs creativity. There needs to be more than simply be there and be loud. Like mm-hmm. there has to be um, something to to make people. Cross that brain barrier, because if you're simply saying, here are the facts, and people can say, those are the facts, but if you put those facts in an artistic and undeniable format, uh, and then make them have to hold facts and emotions at the same time, and trade back and forth between the two of them, that's where you change people's opinions, or when you start to take somebody who is in opposition to you, and at least move them to neutral, if not in agreement, Yeah. you know?
1: Yeah, no, totally. And I also think, like, if you can cover those bases and then move also to the, just the very applicable, which is where you get things like boycotts. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you don't pause to think about what we're looking to have you understand, yeah, you won't be able to do this thing. Right. And it, it doesn't have to be violent, but it can be forceful. right? You know? um, and that's like that's the power of actually disrupting someone's daily routine. Mm-hmm. It's, it, if you can do that with a boycott, and if you can do it creatively where it's not... <clears throat> Where it's not so forceful that it's distracting. Right. Am I
0: making you mad? Yeah. What M's accomplished? But am I making you surprised?
1: Am I catching you off guard? Am I I
0: making, if I can make you laugh? Yeah. Like shit, then I've won. Yeah, (laughs) totally.
1: And I think that's where there's been a lot of really great artists that have been able to write protest songs. Mm-hmm. That even people who don't believe in what the song is saying, if they end up singing it, I think oh, there's yeah. like a
0: weird power in that. It, it's propaganda, but I'm all about it. I know.
1: <laughs> but like, you know, like Bob Dylan just yeah. won the Pulitzer Nobel Prize. I guess yeah. not the Pulitzer. Yeah. Um, and yeah, oh, how many people listened to his songs before they realized what Wasn't they it the
0: Pulitzer though?
1: No, it was the Nobel Literature okay. Prize.
0: Oh, the Nobel Literature Prize. I guess people
1: right. were upset because like he's not a writer, but right.
0: um I remember that. I actually, yeah. yeah. I remember reading a few viewpoints on that, and I was like, "Oh, that makes sense. I can see why you'd be upset. Yeah. That'd be like if somebody won a Grammy for a book. Yeah, I'd be confused. <laughs> it's
1: like, am I supposed to sing the book or sing the <laughs> chapters? How do I do this? I don't know. Well,
0: it was an audiobook.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, like Amy Poehler winning for her audiobook.
0: Right. Have you, have you
1: read her book? No. Uh, you should. Or you should listen to the audiobook. Right. Yes, I mean, please. you know me. You know how I'm
0: going to actually get to that book. I'm but not she, gonna. But she. But
1: she read it. Good. She read her own book. Oh, and it's no. yeah, i actually I haven't read it. I've only listened to it. I'd recommend listening to it over reading it. So Which you know me, I would almost never say. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You're a reader. Yeah. You like to use your eyes. I do. I like to use my ears. Yeah. Different senses. You want another one of these cards? Sure. We're like killing this right now. We're I'm fucking loving this conversation. Boom! Ace. Ace in the hole. Pulling out my phone, unlocking it. What's Ace? Oh, I mean, this perfectly applies to what we were just talking about. I mean, I, we don't even need these cards. This is just fun at this point. What piece of art has most affected you in 2016? So, sorry, I didn't phrase that well. What piece of art has most affected you um, that was created or at least made visible in 2016? So what's something that you're seeing that's, that's new? This is a oh hard man, one Oh, man, this is too. really hard. Yeah. I know. This <laughs> is
1: a really good one. Um Man This is one of those good awkward silences.
0: Ooh, your upstairs neighbor's kid is mad. <laughs> it's been a tough week. Yeah. I well, you think. Yeah. Um one of the ones that has hit me really well is uh this year uh, of this band American football put out a brand new album and there's a lot of great albums being dropped. Um, they have some little songs in there that have like sh- just a few words. Um, but like they are so deeply moving and like just use just an, just enough. Like it might be like two dozen words, maybe a dozen words and they've accomplished this idea so perfectly. Um, that's been really big and also like regina specter i talked about this on the podcast before but she has this one song um i think it's called obsolete which talks about um art and it not having it be of like value in the same way that it was of value to others before and like understanding yourself in that and it just like like there's a lot of things that go that are going on a big sociological perspectives and like big political things, but that song spoke to me so deeply. And it was like uh it came out the exact same time as Bonnie Fair and nobody listened to her <laughs> album and it was perfectly perfectly was an example of what she was talking about. Uh,
1: um, for me it probably more books. Yeah.
0: More, more about Mobile books. Mobile books.
1: Um, I read a lot of really great books this year. Nice. So, And I read them all, uh, not them all. I read many of them around the same time. Mm. So it's kind of tough in my head to separate them right now. Um, I read The Color Purple. Nice. I read Catch-22. Nice. I read Fahrenheit 451. That one was really great. Had you never read for Fahrenheit 451 I've before? never read any oh of those books. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Ugh. I know. I mean, everyone's read for Fahrenheit 451. I hadn't. and I Dude, I wish I book. could have
0: the experience of reading that book as an adult. You can. I, <laughs> I mean, but, I mean <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Shut up. For the, time, for, you, you, <laughs> for the first time, you.
1: For the first time. I can really help you out with that Thank
0: one. you, and I appreciate <laughs> your willingness to support me. At the same time, fuck you. <laughs> you know what I mean. Oh, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, that one was great. Uh, I think I was prepared to be disappointed. Because mm. um, I there's actually a number of these, like, American classics that I've read as an adult and did not read in high school. No. And I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know why I didn't read them sure. in high school. But I didn't. And so I, I got to read them later. Um, Slaughterhouse-Five, same thing. I got mm. to read it, as you know, just like last year. Cool. Um yeah, Fahrenheit four fifty one was great, um, and I read. But you asked the question: Is what was released in this I year? Know. Oh, it's hard. I
0: read a book that was made this year. Oh, I get. I've got one for that. I read Golden Hand, which is the newest book by Garth Nix. Um, it's a fantasy book, and it was so great. Like Golden Hand. Golden Hand. It's of his huh. Old World Kingdom series. Um, and he just writes these amazing books that have like strong women characters, which is difficult to find in fantasy and like his character development is perfect he has excellent stories they're short books and this is the fifth sorry it's the fifth book in the series Um, and it's so good Hmm. and he just released it like a couple months ago he's great he's so good if you don't have one, you don't have to. Maybe you have not experienced anything that was released now.
1: I mean, it's. it's I'm sure I have. I know that I read, uh, I'm at a book club, and we read um, Between the World and Me, Ta-Nehisi hmm. Coates. Cool. And I don't actually know what the published date was 15 or 16, but I think it was released in the last year.
0: I'm going to give it a solid count. Yeah. It was good?
1: It was really good. Hmm. Um, Ta-Nehisi Coates, I think I'm saying his name right, but he's a writer for The Atlantic, and he's an African-American guy who's, who's super smart, and he wrote it as a... Um, a letter to his son, who's obviously a young, 14-year-old-ish African-American boy growing up in America. So he wrote it as a letter to his son about what he's going to encounter as, mm. you know, as who he is because mm. of the way he looks and what he's going to encounter for sure. And but telling that in terms of his own experience growing up in America. So that was, that was incredible. Um, I I'd highly recommend that book. Yeah. Especially, it was so poignant because... Is it,
0: sorry, just to like clarify, is it, is that true? Is there, are these real letters or is, or is this a, f- or is this fiction?
1: I mean, it's, it's real. I mean, it's, he's, he really wrote this for his son, yeah. but it's also clear that when he was writing it for his son, he always, it, to me, it seemed clear that he'd always intended on publishing it. Right. So he wrote it for his son, also knowing that he would be releasing it to the world. But I, I think he very much probably gave it to his son and had his son read it. So it's real, it's real. It's mm. very much true. and What's it called again? Between the World and Me. Jeez. And so right. they talk about, and it, it, it seemed really, really poignant at the time because it was last spring, mm-hmm. and there was just a string of events, you know, that this was very related to uh, about yeah. the I mean, African-American experience mm-hmm. in this country. So for me, as a young white man, it um, was very helpful to... Mm-hmm.
0: Not fully understand, but understand a little bit better. And so that was great. Yeah. I mean, that's the best thing you can do is how am I gaining perspective? Obviously, you are not going to achieve perspective, no. but you are going to gain yeah. perspective.
1: And it was, and, he, and he's also a, a great
0: writer yeah.
1: and is very well uh, written. And so it was great. And so that that felt, that's the one that I think, it also helped that I had a group of people that I could talk about it with. Um, and so we got to really kind of tear it apart and, and really wrestle with how, how are we supposed to understand it uh, in terms of being, um, for me, being a white male and all that. And also hearing the news and then reading this book and how are we supposed to put those together and then what is what is our, what do we do from there? And so that was probably the one that stuck with me the most. Um, yeah, I think that's the one that led me to the, like the most... Reprocessing of my life, because hmm. you know when you read a memoir or you um, read something and it changes the way you see the world, sure. so then you have to reprocess things that you think you understand. Right. So he talks about a lot of events like 9-11 and then all of these you know episodes between the police and young African American men, and and I clearly had seen them in one way, hmm. um, just because of who I am and where I'm coming from, and after reading his perspective, I had to completely reprocess. Mm. all of those events because it because it was published so recently obviously in the last year so that was really um really powerful yeah i'd recommend it
0: Jeez, that sounds so great um you would like it i i like the the it sounds demanding and i like it's the type of demand i'm looking for right now yeah yeah
1: yeah, it's one that you want to... You, you don't want to read it while you're falling asleep at night. You want right. to set aside time and be like, you know, okay, this deserves my full attention, so I'm going to read it like
0: it does.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: It was good. Between the world and me. Very cool. Dude, you thought you didn't have an answer. You had an answer. That was a great answer.
1: Yeah. I feel like... Yeah. I guess I don't feel like I digest a ton of
0: art intentionally, sure. but I'm sure I do. I just... Yeah. Yeah. I, I also I also recognize that I'm the type of... With music, it's easier to to pick up something new and fresh because it's something that you can digest like mul- you can uh, digest in an hour. You can mm-hmm. experience something that someone has spent maybe a year working on it and you've experienced it in an hour. And yeah. like you don't even have to like stop working. You yeah. can just put in your headphones yeah, and yeah. you can like half give it your attention like oh this is really good. Like, obviously, Definitely. I want to give it more attention when it's stuck. I should really have said, here.
1: you know what, the, the artistic thing that's had the most impact is uh, this little podcast called, uh, stop. <laughs> every, hey, I ride my bike to work, and I, I listen to your podcast pretty much. Thanks, man. Every morning.
0: You should hang out with me more. We it's should it's probably way do. better than doing the podcast with me. We...
1: It does make me feel like we're hanging out, though.
0: Do you like the, like, we are right now. Do you like, what's your favorite episode no, I mean, of the podcast, I to including you, this one?
1: What's my favorite podcast?
0: Uh, no, favorite episode of this oh. podcast, including this one.
1: Yeah, this is my favorite. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's so much better with beers than we're actually here. I know, it's so much better. Yeah.
1: If and you want to be tired. on the
0: podcast, don't worry about it. Just call me and hang out with me. You'll it's pretend? Better. It's can we, oh, I can bring the mic. Can we take the mic with us? We can <laughs> bring the mic. We can carry it. It can be like a, a thing. Like, it can be a comfort blanket. We can just sit at the bar and talk and favorite, not look at our phones.
1: My favorite other podcast Ooh, you or a, 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 a episode of this podcast. Chris was really great, Chris Crawford. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, I really, really, I thought his was really interesting from an like uh, art, 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 artistic standpoint.
0: No, nobody has a mind like he does. Well, that's
1: the point was that he was talking about the art that he was creating, which was the slides. But he like whenever you curate something, the art becomes the person who curated it in the right. way that they see the world mm-hmm. and that's something that i wish he would have said or at least maybe he didn't want to say it because it's an awkward thing to say about yourself but chris is like a very artistic perspective mm-hmm. and so i think that's where the art is, is how he saw the world right.
0: he's literally putting out an art form that i have never seen anyone right or like he's interacting <clears throat> with a medium that i've never seen done before. well
1: and for me Going to like that slideshow thing that he put on, and it's, and it's
0: actually right now, it's available, it's happening at Monkey
1: oh, I didn't Grind. Know
0: that. Yeah, he's got the slide like the sketches that he did of the slides are on display at Monkey Grind. Oh, that's cool, through the rest of November. Yeah,
1: well, yeah. and so that I got to see those, I think, and then I also got to see him actually cycling through the slides mm. at uh Seattle Recreative. That's right, that's right. And for me, it was like, yeah, the slides are beautiful and the slides are interesting, but the most interesting part for me was watching Chris pay attention to the slides and and talk us way through. So for me, the art was, was Chris Mm -hmm. and the way that he had found something that really captivated him and the way that he reassembled it after kind of taking the slides apart and rearranging them in order and then reassembled and presented Mm. them. That was the art for me, not the slides. Um, Yeah. Mm. I thought that was really interesting. And so, yeah, that was one of my favorites. And then uh, going full circle, Sherris was one of my favorites. Mm. I don't know why exactly.
0: She's just, she was just so delightful. Yeah. I've got to, I I usually re-listen to all the episodes just because um, I try to, I was trying to put out stuff on social media, but then I'm also trying to like reflect on the things and like hear questions that I missed or like ideas and be like, oh, I wish I'd thought more about this because, you know, I'm trying to be present, but also this time too much presence and you miss things still. And so it's it's nice, but like, yeah, I have to listen back to hers again because I'm, yeah. I'm, I also hang out with her so much. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Which is great. Yeah. We could work on this as well. We can hang out. We can hang out more. Yeah. i get more hats. You get more cards. Do you want one last card? Uh, Sure. We're going right on time. Yeah. We're like right near the end. This is the last card. This is the last one. I hope it's like a really serious, intense concept. Uh, Number 10 is the card. The question is the least serious question. This is perfect. You drew the right card. Uh, I brought this up on the podcast. This is like a literally a thematic thing that happens. Is Okay. You're a teacher, yeah. you do a podcast, you're married to Tamara, she's an awesome woman, you've got yes. a great wife, you live here in Seattle, in another life, if you could say like, okay, all those things are great, but I also get to have an alternate universe in mm. that other life, let's talk like occupation, what would you be doing instead?
1: That's a really great question. Um, I mean, when I was younger, what I wanted to be ranged from fireman uh, to, to lawyer, right? To professional soccer player, right? It's sports
0: or government jobs. <laughs> yeah. We are stupid kids. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and then I found out what lawyers actually do, and I was like, yeah, no thanks. Oh. Um, very important. It's great. Uh, I would. I mean, I think professional sports would be something that I would want. Yeah, because I just really love playing soccer. Yeah, I love, like yeah, I don't know. I think the the closest feeling I get to when you're, like, writing a song mm-hmm. is me when I'm, like, playing soccer. We've talked about this yeah. a lot.
0: And I, I love that idea. I yeah. love that. And, and you're I know that fucking fast. <laughs> and it's, it's terrifying to play soccer with you. Well, it's I wouldn't call it playing. I would call it, like, like you're, you're letting me have the ball sometimes. It's nice. Well, and I
1: know the relationship <laughs> between arts and sports is, like, a complicated one. But for me, when I play sports... And also when I'm playing with my friends. Mm-hmm. So that's why I actually don't know if professional sports would be the right answer. But when I'm playing soccer, specifically with my friends, that's a very happy space. Mm. So if there, if there was a way to do that all the time, that would be one. Um, besides that, man, it's really tough because I've wanted to be a teacher so long. And I've always wanted to be a teacher.
0: Yeah. You're a really good teacher. I've gotten to sit on in your classes.
1: Yeah, we used to work at the same school. No longer.
0: Yeah. Are you telling me that? Because I already knew that. This is Sorry, interesting. dang it. You're talking to the future so, ghosts at our again. our podcast,
1: we talk directly to the... I pod. know.
0: This is informal nachos. Sorry, Although, ghosts. listen to it. New episodes coming out in 2017. That's, yes. Likely.
1: What I would do if I were not a teacher... You know, I think being a professional photographer would be great. There was one point where I got to do a lot of photography. Yeah. And then I just, okay, just dropped off. But if, I get, if that lets me travel, if it lets me see things um, up close that I don't get to see very often, mm. you know, whether that's creatures or events
0: or certain people,
1: mm. um, or being a writer. Actually, being a writer might be Yeah, it. that's, yeah. I was kind of, I've been waiting this whole time. I was like,
0: wait, wait, you're going to say writer. Eventually, you're going to say writer. I'm going gonna, I'm
1: gonna to find my way there. I, it just took me photography yeah. to journalism to writing. Yeah. 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 No, I guess if I could write full time.
0: Yep. Great. That would probably be it. Cool. That's the answer. I was wanting. <laughs>
1: that's the correct answer.
0: Cool. So, are you going to do that?
1: Uh, full time writing?
0: No, I mean, just are you writing?
1: I write a little. Cool. Not very much.
0: Well, are you going to put it out?
1: I write right now mostly poetry and it's a very selfish like
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't share it with
1: anybody and okay, I do Okay, that's what that means. Yes, yeah, that, that's what it means. It is very much like hey, I'm having these thoughts. I'm going to write poetry. Uh-huh. It's never intended to be shared. Like it's not, it's not even like something in my mind that I'm going to share. Hmm. These poems. You're married to a poet. You could probably relate.
0: Yeah. She wrote is she's put but, out a zine. But she is a really
1: good poet. And she, did, like, she needs to share her poems. Yeah. Well, she does.
0: Yeah. The zine's out.
1: I've, I've heard a couple first. That's great. Yeah.
0: Well, that's cool. Yeah. I feel good. Do you feel good? I do. Did you have anything that, I know you were nervous about this podcast, anything that you wish that you'd gotten to say that you didn't get a chance to? Um,
1: to me?
0: To To you. the future ghosts?
1: I won't talk to them anymore. I've talked Thank to them you. too much.
0: Too much. To more you. than ever. We should hang out more. Okay. We will. All right. Well, I'm gonna open this beer and we're gonna keep hanging out for a little bit longer.